The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Top five movies. Movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Movies. Top top five. Top 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 five movies. Top five movies. Hey everybody, welcome to Top Five Movies. It's me, John Burke. Uh, with me this week, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hello. And I think my left earbud is not working. Um. So, yep, it is definitely not working. So, uh, Corey probably willed that to power. That's yeah. me. <laughs> she is always cursing us. Um, yeah, don't cross me, listeners. <laughs> so, you know, she's cursing me with bad movies on Movie Club. But, um, oh, no. <laughs> Mike, have you heard of the movie Mean Time from 1984? No, I think we mentioned it the other day. I think day, so. But I don't. Tim think, Roth uh... and Gary Oldman. Um, it's the, it was the first Criterion film that I've seen that I did not like. Uh, and it came at Corey's recommendation? It, well, not her yes. recommendation, to be fair. No, you picked it, but you hadn't seen it either. It's not like you love this movie and then I don't. No. Uh, it just happened that her last two picks we were both not fans of. <laughs> no, but thankfully I'm not a fan either. And you'd like we said, you're not just questioning my judgment. Um, yeah. I, we're trying to watch more criterion films because of film struck and i'm just striking out well and i mean we have gary oldman um his debut performance and tim roth who are, we're both fans of each of those actors um so it felt like a, a surefire win and it's also criterion and again as everyone i've picked from criterion which to be fair i have not randomly picked anything off of criterion i've watched movies that i know are supposed to be great um and they just happened to be so so did I because of that association now I'm um, I know they also are like an archival company we talked about this on movie club so if you already listen to movie club apologies that you're hearing some of the same stuff but Mike hasn't heard it yet um but uh I know they are like archival so maybe they're keeping this because it is like two big actors debuts to, well it wasn't Tim Ross debut but it was one of his early films but I'm not sure because I don't I don't see what's liked about the movie. Um, it's, I haven't done any digging to find out like maybe I'm missing something. Um, but it's it's feels like uh, wannabe. We feel bamboozled. Yeah, Gary Oldman's character feels like a reject spud from Train Spotting without the heroin, um, but still as obnoxious and rampant as. Uh, I love Spud. Spud's I, my I know. I was, I'm saying that, and I'm like, well, I don't mean he's not. It's like Spud, and then um, what's the the angry guy's name in Train Spotting? Um, Omg. Yeah, it's like they merge those two characters. So, yeah, it's Robert Carlyle's character um, because he's unnecessarily angry, but he also has a really thick Cockney accent. So it's like, I mean, the the guy who did the closed captioning on this mic didn't know what what was being said through half oh, the yeah, movie. Yeah, I remember that. It's just, just like whatever. inaudible, yeah. Because Keith watched it with me actually, and also uh, thought it was one of the worst movies he's ever seen. So wait a minute, you not only so Corey's tormented two people, two yes, two of your friends, two Mike. for the three, <laughs> myself oh, and, and included. That's right, because oh she didn't well, like it. No, either. you brought you brought it on yourself. <laughs> I'm a, I have a good. I think it's a good movie picked out for next time. It's John's pick next, but Cor- another Corey criterion. Does. But it's has a Harry Dean stand in it, okay? Corey does what my wife does. It's like, ooh, this is terrible. Here, want to try, try it? Wanna taste? No, because we can't talk about it ahead of time. Or I would have like called the, you know, an emergency meeting. 
of the movie club. Well, <laughs> Don't watch this movie. Um, Sorry. But uh, for next week's episode, we are watching Flatliners from 1990 because um, I've never seen it. And the new one is coming out. Now, the interesting thing about the new one, uh, I, I've heard and I've not done any extra research, but I was listening to Battleship Pretension. And one of the uh, not one of the regulars, but one of the guests from last week said that the new Flatliners is not a remake. It is a no, sequel. No, it's different. I'm hearing it's a sequel. Huh? That's that was the word on the podcast. It was a remake. I thought remake, and now I'm hearing sequel. So I'm I don't know what to expect from this movie. And Mike, what did you think it, it was? It looks like a reboot it or re- complete say- redo because it has a more super. Uh, mm, it just didn't seem the same. I wouldn't say a sequel, but I'm curious how they're going to do that. Well, I and again, I don't know. I have not fact checked. That's just what I heard from one person who oh. I would say is a reliable source. Um, she worked. I think she works for Variety or something. Like she works for a magazine, so felt like she might have known what she was talking about. She was also a big Ellen Page fan, which I am as well. I wish I remembered her name. I do not. So um, this Kiefer Sutherland in it too, which is weird because in this new in one? the new one, yes. Oh well, there's the connection. That, that, okay, so that's how it's a sequel. They yep. got him in. He needed a few dollars. And That's so interesting. Like, yeah. I didn't realize but he was But they didn't in get it. anybody else. They didn't get Julie Roberts. They didn't get... That we know What of. was his name? Um, in this movie, he's Dr. Nelson, right? And it, it does say that it's a sequel, so it must be. Huh. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So that's why I want to watch it. Um, I wanted I wanted to watch it before seeing the new one anyways, but even more if it's a sequel, I need to at least have some kind of you know frame of reference before going into it. So it made sense to pick that one. It's also a movie that one of my aunts has been uh, telling me to watch for a while. So I thought, hey, why not? Movie club time. It's perfect time. Mm, she probably couldn't slip it into uh, the the viewing punishment room. <laughs> That's a different aunt. But um, so uh, this uh, week. It's all related. Uh, we are doing our top five favorite spy movies, which Corey had a little bit of trouble with because she apparently has not seen a many little. spy movies. Um but it's because of two reasons, actually, because uh, this week, this past week, American Assassin came out, which is a film I didn't get to see over the weekend, but I'm going to see uh, before this podcast is actually released, and my review will be up on BurkeReviews.com. Um, An American Assassin has Michael Keaton and some other dude whose name I don't remember, but it also has Taylor Kitsch, um, so I'm apprehensive about it, but we'll see what happens. Um, and that's, Apparently, audiences were too because the box office return on it was pretty low. Uh, it is on top of the box office again. Uh, and Mother, which I saw and enjoyed very much, is uh, polarizing to say the least. Primarily, there is a sequence um, towards the end of the film that has a quite possibly the most horrific thing I've ever seen on film. Um, it's easily one of the most disturbing images, and I don't think I'll ever forget it, um, even though I desperately want to. And um, I don't want to spoil anything, but it is—it's definitely not it's for the faint of heart. It's a big deal. I read it. You read it, it's yeah. It's a big deal. It's huge. And while the movie is, I think, very—it's—it's it's Aronofsky. It's crazy. It's shot well. Lawrence is terrific, which is not something I thought I would ever utter. Um, and Javier Bardem is—is is what he always is—just amazing. And Michelle Pfeiffer is really good in it too, although her character. A bit much, but that movie did horrible, which I don't think it was ever supposed to be a big box office, though. Like, it feels like an indie movie with a, with a budget. Like, it's, you know, very polished. It's very in-your-face. It's very, very controversial, for sure. And it's even, um, much like Noah rubbed people wrong because of the religious tones, this movie definitely explores religion in a less-so-obvious way, as it's not pulling a biblical character by name um, like Noah did. 
but he Aronofsky's exploring some of the same themes he does in those other films and it's very compelling um and again well done just it's crazy uh and again that one image which Mike knows but audience you'll have to either see it or or skip it because again I don't think this is just me I think this is one that everyone will have a reaction to um some I think most will be a very negative reaction and mine was too like I threw my hands up in the air while watching it I was like what just happened like why did they show that like it was extreme but well, it's all allegorical I mean, it according is according to well yeah for and sure the other part is if you've not seen pie that shouldn't surprise I mean, if you've seen pie it won't surprise you at all because when you get around to the climax or the resolution there at the end it's really shocking <laughs> i've seen pie i don't remember the end now <laughs> so i'm gonna have to uh, look at uh, Mother knocked gonna, it out of the. Uh, uh, we haven't done the warning, but I'll be honest. Uh, when you see someone taking a drill to their head, oh yeah, that's a little shocking. Yeah, and, and Aronofsky of uh, Black Swan. There's some shocking moments in it, which I haven't gotten to. I need mm. to. I need to because yeah. I'm a fan of his. And even uh, I mean, God, Requiem for a Dream. The the ending, which has th- uh, four different storylines, all concluding in horrific ways is one of the most depressing ends to a film I've ever experienced. Um, but interpreted a certain way can still be a considered a darkly happy ending for all of them in a way. That's interesting. Uh, it's very dark. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's as happy as an ending as he's going to get. Ah, I see your point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I, well, the wrestler ends on a ambiguous note. Um, and I yes. think could be interpreted as as happy though, um, if you are rooting for the, what the character wants, you know what he thinks is is the right thing, uh, despite what we might think as the audience. Um, yeah, his his movies are not for the faint of heart at all. Like even if they're not, no, not at all. Um, they're definitely not. If you want it spelled out for you, I mean, the interpretations aren't that hard. I think as I think the one I had the, the hardest struggle with was uh, Black Swan, but solely because. I had heard so much going into it that I wasn't sure what to expect. I just knew it was supposed to be like a mind trip of a movie. So I kept like jumping into conclusions that were not the right thing. So it was throwing my interpretation of the film off ahead of time. But um, like Mother, I, I felt like I had a pretty good grasp of it after thinking about it for you know 12 hours or so. And then listening to a few analysis on YouTube, I was like, oh yeah, okay, I definitely got it. But um, both movies that came out as American Assassin and that did not do well. It's uh, dominating the box office, which I saw for my second time in the theater uh, this past Saturday with my daughter and her friend. Um, and we liked it as much the second time, although I do feel like it's a little long. I think they could probably trim a little bit and out. I think we've talked about this before, but I can't remember how long the original was. Because the new two... one's two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, it was two days worth of tv so it was either an hour and a half each episode or two hours each episode but that's with commercials so it's probably about three hours i think which we could look on imdb i'm checking but that's two different story arcs remember that's the adults and the kids all at once oh and this this one's just just the kids kids. so you just gave it it away um i did because i don't think it i i don't know that people would have realized that until watching it Oh, I I definitely felt like that was the commercials don't depict any adults at all. But if you go, if anybody that's familiar with it would have would have thought 
Really? May I, have thought. I, well, if I, if I spoiled, I apologize, but I didn't feel like that was a secret. Um, I mean, because if you even look at the casting, will, there's no adults. For a while. Well, there's no adults in the casting except for Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> like, because everyone that's an adult in the movie barely has a role. Uh, it is predominantly through the perspective of the children, as King's books tend to do, apparently, if that's, through, like, Stand By Me. Three hours and 12 minutes yeah, for so, the miniseries, so. So, most they likely this movie. an hour. Uh, chapter well, one and chapter two, which has been greenlit, I believe unofficially, but officially, um, will be over the three-hour mark for sure. It'll it'll be probably closer to four hours when they're all said and done. But it might be that the the adult one's a little shorter or something. But that sounds weird. Awkward <laughs> phrasing. That's how it goes sometimes with you know luck of the draw. But um, I neither of you have seen it yet, right? No. no, I wanted to throw some box office at uh, Mother, but I never got to the th- uh, theater. I ended up doing other things that cost, well, they cost money, but not additional money. Because uh, I already have the game and whatnot. Uh, word. Yeah, well, I, the movie pass helps a lot, and my wife got her movie pass in, so um, that helped, too. But... Um, the reason... I, I got off on a tangent. The reason why we, is American Assassin and... Uh, this coming week is the new Kingsman sequel, Kingsman the Golden Circle, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, have you both seen the Kingsman? Yes. Yes. In theaters. Are you planning yep. on seeing the Not sequel? Yes. Uh, probably. I don't know. Uh, you know how I am about Channing Tatum. But then he surprises sometimes. He surprises me every time. I have not seen anything with him that I don't like him. Um, I don't like all the movies, but I like him and everything. Now, I, I don't think I watch. He surprises me. Is he in Step or Step Up or Step It? I don't. He's in one of those Step movies. I don't think I saw step that. Step Twenty Seven. Um, and then you mean Magic Mike? I saw Magic Mike. <laughs> um, I, I didn't see Magic Mike Two, and I did see. Um, I didn't see Fighting, which I think he was in with. Um, or Dear John. I have not watched Dear John. I have seen parts of Dear John, but I that's too much for me. That's the Sparks one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I still haven't even watched the Notebook, so I, I don't know that I'm getting to his lesser favored ones. But, um, I didn't see Kingsman in the theater. What made you go see it in the theater, Corey? Bill. Ah, okay. It was one of those random like. Yeah, it doesn't seem like one you would have picked to go to. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not at all. But we had fun. And um. Golden Circle, though, I will be seeing in the theater for sure. Uh, my daughter wants to see it, and I'm kind of torn um, because the first IMAX. one has... Huh? Oh, no. Oh, not oh, oh, that's right. The first one has some uh, sexual jokes that I haven't been able... Like, I haven't been able to, it was, bring to... It was a whole lot more violent than we. Yeah. my wife would have expected. She's like, oh, look, watch this cute movie. Not me. She was with my daughter, who was whatever age then. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm debating on letting her watch the first one um, before seeing the second one, and I don't know if they're going to pull the same because, like, James Bond no, has always had gonna, the sexuality. The same. You know, what I mean, like, James Bond's always had sexuality, but like, I don't remember him ever being as blunt about the anal sex as in the end of Kingsman, where it's like just straightforward. Like, you can do it in my butt, and I'm like, whoa, what is happening in this movie? Like, that was like way like maybe mocking the James Bond thing because a lot of what Bond does is pretty disturbing with like the sexual scenes and whatnot but that that's where I'm just like oh, I don't know if I want my daughter to hear that and then worse is the end when it implies that he's in fact with that woman so 
Um, granted, there's no nudity in the film or anything, but that is like, I don't know. That joke just, I'm just I was so shocked by that joke that I've not. <laughs> when it happened, it was like, to- yeah, nope. I'm yeah. just like, okay. It just doesn't seem like a joke you would get in a somewhat, you know, blockbuster type. Uh, even though it's R rated, I think it's R rated, right? Um, I would imagine. That yeah, it would but be. a lot of the a lot of the violence is fake, though. Like uh, it is R, though. I just confirmed. Um, you know, like especially that end sequence of the first one. But um, because those two movies, both dealing with spies, I thought, hey, why not? Let's do top five spy films, which apparently uh, Corey's not a super big fan of. Because of, like we said just a minute ago, with I feel like so many of them, and most of what I'm thinking of is James Bond, but I feel like they are m- movies made for, like, heterosexual men. I don't feel like, you know what I mean? Ah. I don't know. Well, ta- there, there's there been mm-hmm. some new, there's been some movements in that area. We had Salt, um, which I, I guess I shouldn't list a bunch of movies that we're about to talk about, potentially, but... Yeah, quit giving her ideas for her list. Um, Remember, she only I've, had four. No, I, I ended up with five, she guys. Come on. But uh, I, I, it did open up a possibility for future list. If I pick a topic, or if we pick a topic, and one of us can't pull off five, I guess we're just going to go with what we have, um, you know, for future reference. <laughs> if we it only have four, you have four. But um, with that said, Mike's going to go first this week. Uh, Corey will go second, and I'm going to uh, bring it up in the rear. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> Wow, I don't know that that was okay. way to go, John. Oh, now totally we're rated R. Yeah, Kingsman he jokes. Totally planned that. Um. <laughs> he's and he's worried about taking his daughter. To she's the not listening one. to the podcast. <laughs> All right. uh, your students might be. No, you know what? If they are, I'm sure they've they've probably they assumed worse. Um, even though I, I time, still feel like I kept for them it to tame. Talk to their parents. I've kept it tame. So, um, and it's it's after a week of hurricane nonsense. I, I think I have a right to be a little edgy this week. Um, stupid Hurricane Irma wrecking our Jeez, whole system. You're taking it towards the pooper. Because <laughs> she took a poop on us, Mike. She took a poop oh. on us. Um, oh, oh, okay. Irma, Irma, not, not literal. Um, okay, let's stop before we go too far. Corey, spoiler warning. Guys, we're probably going to ruin some of these movies for you. You can go to BurkeReviews.com and check out our list ahead of time. Otherwise, full steam ahead. Now, the fun thing, Corey struggled. I found out that I've seen a whole bunch of spy movies, except I do have a glaring gap in one particular section, which I'll talk about at the end of the list. Um, But because of that, I'm going to say I've seen at least two of Mike's movies. And Corey... How many of Mike's movies do you think you've seen? I'll go with... Well... You have to pick dang it. at least one. So. I'm going to do one or three, and I don't know if three is aiming too high, I, but I'm going to go with three. Considering you could barely get five, I don't I think know. this is a good call. But I already know. I already am sure of one that's on his list. Oh, wow. I feel like. Really? Confidence. Really? Yes. Yeah, well, I will tell you there was one I last minute changed before I logged Uh-oh. on. Uh-oh. So if that's the one, uh, I will laugh Dang it. heartily. Dang it! Well, let's find out. I Mike... usually lose anyways. What am that's, I? That's, you know? Yeah, and it's not like we're, we're we should make this interesting and start like betting something. Not not money because I'm I'm not exactly uh, rolling in the dough over here. But you know, some kind of uh, 
I don't know. We should do like maybe like monthly if the, the the one who does the worst has to watch a movie at Mike's recommendation or something like that. Like <laughs> that could be very good or very bad. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, could, it could be many of the ones on my list. Um, All right, so let's go, I guess. Let's go, Mike. What's your number Um, five? All right, so Val Kilmer, Peter Cushing, and Omar Sharif star in probably what I would consider one of the lesser known of the Abraham Sucker and Sucker spoofs, 1984's Top Secret. Okay. Nobody's. If the writer-director names don't ring a bell, surely... The mention of the naked gun or airplane will, yep. or might refresh one's memory, or don't call me surely. Um, <laughs> if you've seen those, you may likely have probably still have missed this one. It's one of my favorites. It's a mashup. It's not only spoofing spy movies, especially the Cold uh, uh, Cold War era, even though this is set further back. Uh, it's also spoofing Elvis musicals, which are oh. really easy to do so. So it's a mashup of those, and it makes for an odd combination for sure. Uh, suffice it to say, there's a plethora, there's a multitude of silliness and slapstick throughout the film, which makes the appearance of Kilmer, Cushing, and Sharif even that more odd to see, because none of them, for me, are known for that kind of thing. It's definitely a turn one's brain off at the door affair, very much a warning for those that believe dressing up as a cow in order for camouflage. Um well, in order to try to sneak in something, it doesn't it doesn't end well. So I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, you don't see a whole lot of people dressing as cows, and maybe this movie is the reason why. Um, it's <laughs> it is very silly and not not what you typically expect from a spy kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't know how many people may have watched this. So I'm I'm putting on this was my last minute edition, changing my oh. order because my number five was. It's now originally number four, and it bumped everything up, so you'll Got see. It. And I'll explain later why I changed that, because you know how I do. I don't like to recycle, and that's part of what? why number one got changed. Top secret. Uh, vital stats. Oh, go ahead. 7.2 uh-huh. user score, IMDb rating, 68 meta score, 76% fresh on the tomatometer. Go ahead. I have not seen this movie, but I, I in fact, uh, not only have I seen Airplane and all of the Naked Gun movies, but I was at uh, the... Uh, Q&A for Airplane at this year's Florida Film Festival, and Zucker was there. Uh, David Zucker oh, was there. So, okay, because there's uh, two. Yes, uh, Jerry is his brother, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah. And um, and so is the lead from Airplane, whose name is not popping into my head right now, but the uh, the main guy, the Han Solo. Oh, Robert Robert Hayes. Yes, uh, they were together doing the Q&A. They were very, very funny. Um, oh, I would imagine. That's really cool. Yeah, but I, I didn't know this one existed actually, so I'm glad because I am a big fan of those other ones. So um, definitely. Oh, then you'll. It, yeah, if you're a fan of those, you'll really like this. If not, you'll probably really hate this. So <laughs> I'll probably figure Corey's not going like this. Um, oh. You're uh-oh. probably right. Um, <laughs> see, see, <laughs> the fake defense, at least, and then at least, <laughs> yeah. at least she's not contrary and saying, "No, I'm gonna love this." Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't figure as much. Yeah, and I mean, Corey, are you not a fan of Airplane or um? I haven't seen those kid those movies since I was a kid. I those think kids my dad you was were a. About... What? <laughs> since like I was a kid. You sound like you're gonna yeah. say those kids since I was Backwards. a kid. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. So I don't know how I would feel about them now. Hmm. 
Well, I, I think mm. Airplane still holds up. I haven't watched Naked Gun in a long time, though. Um, I know as a kid, I thought they were the best. Oh, and, I figure they still hold up, but... I mean, it'll be weird watching O.J. Simpson, though. <laughs> but, that is that is the strangest part. Yeah. To see Nordberg. Yeah. <laughs> Although... He's in uh, all three of the Naked Gun uh, movies. Heroin. That's a pretty tall order, Nordberg. You're going to have to give me a couple days on that one. <laughs> um, all right, so... That's Mike's number uh, five is five. top secret, um, and that's that's an early Val Kilmer vehicle, so that's interesting too. Um, very, very early. All right, let's move into Corey's number five. What you got, Corey? Oh God. Um. So the only Bond film that I think that I've watched from beginning to end is Spectre, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, guys, I had five. <laughs> I had five. I have what might be an honorable mention, but I don't think it actually counts as a spy movie. Um, so I, this wasn't the best movie, but yeah, it's, it's sorry. the painful one of the new ones. Yep. And so many missed opportunities. Christoph Waltz being uh, Christoph so Waltz badly is used. why I went. Yeah. I, I figured but, that actually, but, but he's, he could have done so much more. I don't think yeah. he was allowed to. Yeah, totally. no, I think it's great casting, just poor execution. Um, mm-hmm. I, was, yeah, I was super excited when I heard he was Utilization. in it and it's just not there. Um, yeah, Spectre uh, is probably not on anybody's top five uh, spy movie list. except have seen Corey's. more than five, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it was that not, was the one I couldn't remember. Uh, that Bill had to remind you. Did, you, did yes. he go with you? Of... <laughs> yes, <laughs> we went. Uh, I think Bill wanted to see that one, but I wanted to because of Christoph Waltz. And that but was supposed all to be the Bond ones. Well, that was supposed to be the last Daniel Craig Bond one too, and supposedly now he is signed on to do a fifth movie, um, which I'm a little disappointed in because I really like Daniel Craig as an actor, and uh, there was a lot of negative press with him like doing uh, the press for Spectre. Like he just sounded so down on the franchise. And then for him to come back, kind of, it's like, oh, so you're clearly doing it for the money because you didn't sound like you had any good time with it. Um, And that's disappointing to me. I'd rather have him walked away and let someone new come in and and who actually wants to be Bond uh, because I got the vibe that he didn't at the end. Maybe it was just a bad, you know, maybe he knew Spectre wasn't going to live up to it. Or maybe that's why he's coming back because Spectre was so bad. It has a 60 on Metacritic um, and a 6.8 IMDb user, which isn't horrible. But for Bond. better than I would. Yeah, I think for a Bond movie, though, those are fairly low, um, considering how many Bond movies there are. But, uh, yeah, Mike and I both not a fan. Um, and I was I was severely disappointed with Spectre. And obviously, Corey went in solely because of Christoph Waltz and walked out disappointed. But it still made her top five. <laughs> no, I know why. I know why. It's, it's a completely understandable if that's all you've seen. Um, so, you know, although... I think if we start making our list uh, the week before we have to do them, we could try to make Word. an effort to see a few movies. Like Word. But hey, hey, we, we pushed Actually, recording back an hour. A, a whole hour. I could have put in like 10 more movies, guys. You can have like um, multiple I, screens. We'll say that I did add a few movies to my watch list, and I did watch one of them today. So actually, oh, there you go. movie? Yes. Well, there you go. We'll talk about later. All right. All right. Mm. Well, then I guess we're on to my number five. Um, And I have talked about this movie once um, earlier. uh, I think it was on a chase movie episode, a car chase movie. 
Um, I have a question. Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Are we just going to go ahead and talk about our movies, or are we going to hold our comments? Oh, we'll we'll just talk about them. So if if okay. it's on your list, we'll just keep going. Is that okay? Is that okay? Are you there, Corey? With me? Yes. yes. Okay, I couldn't hear you. Um, oh, sorry. I said. Oh, it's no problem. It sounded like she dropped out. She's like, no, I'm not. Bye. No, I will yeah, not do she that. quits. Um, it's 2015's Guy Ritchie's directed and wrote um, The Man from Uncle adaptation starring Henry Cavill, Army Hammer, Alicia Vikander, and um, Elizabeth something I can't read because it goes off the, the thing. Um, I saw this on home video last year, kind of uh, on a whim. It was I, I hadn't really had a big interest. I never saw the source material. Um, oh, I can't forget Hugh Grant and Jared Harris are both in this movie as well, and I'm a big fan of both of those guys. Um I thought Henry Cavill was really good. Army Hammer was a, uh, I don't want to call him a revelation, but he really shined in the movie. And um, it honestly doesn't feel as much like a Guy Ritchie movie uh, as some of his other films, which is sometimes a good thing. Like some Guy Ritchie movies, I want to feel like a Guy Ritchie movie, but thinking back on Not it, this one. yeah, thinking back on it, I don't remember feeling like, oh, this is clearly Guy Ritchie. Um, like King Arthur this year felt like a Guy Ritchie movie to me for sure. Um, not to say there's not like some of his touches, but it, it doesn't feel ultimately like a Guy Ritchie movie. Um, but I really enjoyed like the story, the 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 back and forth, because um, it's it's you have a U.S. Um, spy. I'm 90 percent sure I'm right with that. That Henry Cavill is a CIA agent, and Army Hammer is a Russian agent, and uh, they're forced together uh, to protect um, a an asset getting out of East Berlin. Um, during like the cold war period and it's it's really compelling there's some really good stuff in it there's a, a couple of awesome car chases which one of them made it onto my top five um uh, when we did top five car chases i think i'm pretty sure that was on my top five and uh you know i'm a big alicia vikander fan too and there she is uh in this movie um playing a good lead uh, lead female role so man from uncle I haven't watched this one. Um, it's funny. Whenever I wake up, if I leave it on, I think it's Heroes and Icons Station. Man from Uncle Uncle will be running the original series. The series, yeah. And yeah, and um, once in a while, I'm like, oh, because people will show up, I'm like, oh, they were in this, and and um, but I, I hadn't. I, I'm not, I'm not big enough of a fan. It's interesting. Interesting they put shows that property. Yeah, it, uh, it is. Uh, which, um, weird, I would say, because that was one like, I I watched Get Smart reruns as a kid, mm-hmm. and I was very into that show. But I I didn't even know Man from Uncle was a show until they were doing the the movie for it. So, oh really? Yeah, I had oh. not heard of it prior to. Interesting. I guess I man, I am a little bit older. Just I, little. I wouldn't say I was a fan enough of a fan to say, oh, Man from Uncle. I'll give that a go. Yeah, and um, you know, it, I I'm kind of intrigued by it. Although I don't know, um, I haven't watched like I honestly didn't think I was a big fan of the spy genre until doing this list. And then like I'm like, oh, I've seen a lot of these movies that are classified as spy movies. So um, I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen a lot more than I realized going into this. Um, but yeah, that's my number five. Let's move into uh, Corey. Unless do you have anything to add? I'm very confused about what we're doing. Um, oh, man. It's so easy, Corey. No. If you have it on your list, don't say anything right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. There we <Fired>. go. 
Mike, uh, what's your number four? Well, I'm going to preface it by saying, this is my sort of bag, baby. Yeah. Never mind then. I know what you're saying. Okay, well, I figured from your, who does number two work for? I was just about to say, <laughs> given my attraction <laughs> to the whole number two skit early on in the Spurk Reviews podcast, it should come to, to no surprise at all surprise. to anyone that Austin Powers, International Man of Mysteries, shows up on my list, especially on my list of spy movies. High class cinema? Absolutely not. But it fits the spy criteria and hit the notes of satire and parody of the genre well enough for me that I felt that I would be remiss to not include it on my list. If, and see, here's where I'm digging deep. If I had grown up watching the Arman Flint series with James Coburn, and I always, I have to say this is one of my pet peeves because everybody's always like, oh, we're in like Flynn. It's in like Flint's because that's where it originated from the way I understand it. Anyway, um, because anyway so um that was james coburn which is an older i didn't realize that was actually a satire spoof of james bond itself but i never actually watched him i was aware of him and didn't it's one of those that one of these days i'll get around to you know maybe if i retire which probably won't happen anytime soon um i would likely have gravitated towards towards that and included so i wonder though if maybe that series the our man flint it was an inspiration of mike myers uh, definitely drew me in with this character uh the addition of robert wagner michael york added a nice air of nostalgia to me as uh, i felt it was paying respect to the 70s and 80s because i grew up watching robert wagner and uh, stephanie powers and heart to heart michael york i remember from logan's run so it's it's one of those that you kind of ease into. It's the back of the ride. It's more, again, which not necessarily for everyone. Did you say which one? Like, is it first? The it international, international Man of Mystery, Mystery the okay. first one. Just yeah, checking. I'm not, I'm not cheating the the others. And uh, I mean, I like the others, but I'm going with the first one. I'm not going to include the series wise. But Austin Danger Powers is a love <laughs> him or hate him kind of character. Um, <laughs> He is. You either love him or hate him. It's true. And um, but I feel the vital stats may lean towards. Well, it actually kind of goes that route because it's a 7.0 user score, IMDb rating, 51 meta score, so it's right in oh. the middle. 70% fresh on the tomato meter. Well, to be fair, critics don't usually love comedies, especially parody comedies. Um, it, it has to be a certain like, you know, level of comedy for critics to to praise it, uh, and. A lot of the jokes in there are dirty jokes. Um, I mean, there's the Johnson. It's Johnson in that one, right? Where like the and it cuts to all the, the different people. Bob's big boy in orbit. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. All doing that. that looks the, like a giant the, blank. The fruit. Oh yeah, oh, the yeah. fruit. The whole the whole scene where he's naked and like she's blocking uh, everything in front of him. Um, like there's so many scenes that are dirty jokes. That's it's very, it's very blue. Yeah. Yes. So it's not going to appeal to a critical audience generally. So. It's hard to judge. Critics that. aren't my shorter bag, baby. <laughs> so, all right, uh, Corey, have you seen Austin Powers International Man of Mystery? I loved this one and the second one. Ah, when um, I totally didn't even think about these. Um, oh, so you've seen these? Yes, I have. <laughs> um, but you but don't I, consider him a spy? I don't know why I didn't even think about him. I, I'm sorry. You said you looked and at I, a list too. I did. I looked at one on IMDb, and then I looked. I was googling because I was 
I don't remember this one being on IMDb. But but they're supposed to be Mike Myers masks. It's <laughs> <laughs> a baby driver. Movie. Um, can't wait. To oh my that. gosh! Oh, it's me out I soon. feel like Mike Myers fizzled out after this. Uh, the third one. Well, you got it. The, the hard part. Even... Shrek lasted much longer, but Shrek oh, he's animated, I... so it's um, his live okay. action stuff did because he did the Love Guru after, and that was basically Ooh, Austin yeah. Powers four, but with a different accent, and it it oh. it not good. He's not a spy, but it's the same type of jokes. It's just with a different character, and it just yeah, it wore thin. Um, Justin Timberlake as a Canadian hockey player was pretty funny in that though, but um, what? Yeah, in, in Love Guru. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I love pretty JT. Funny. Um, he's generally pretty good. He they have some kind of friendship because he's also in Shrek three. Shrek the third, excuse me. Um so they must have some kind of friendship, but I would assume at least. It seems coincidental, but all right. Uh yeah, awesome powers. And I, I like all three. Goldmember is funny too. Uh it's not as good. But it was I don't definitely worth it. Schmuck yeah, Schmuck yeah. Goldmember is insane as a character. Um, him eating his. Uh, I actually had to show my daughter a clip of him eating his skin, like as he's no. peeling and he like eats the skin. What? When, yeah, he keeps the skin flakes when he peels, and he then oh, like, gross. eats one. And I had to show her because she was peeling really bad because she got burnt. Remember Mike from the church trip earlier in the summer? Oh, so I had to show dang. her that clip as like, <laughs> I'm like, you gonna eat it? She's like, what? I'm like, here, look. <laughs> um, he's like, are you gonna eat that? And uh, and um, <laughs> Michael Caine shows up in the third movie as Austin's dad, which is pretty great. So yes, that's really cool. Um, so yeah, there's there's some good stuff in there. And Beyonce's actually, that was I think her acting like debut, and she's good in that. Um, as like a Foxy, her name's Foxy Cleopatra, but she's clearly like pulling from like the exploitation films of the seventies, um, like Foxy Brown. You know, um, can't think of the other. It's all the same actress too, whose name I cannot think of for some reason. Pam Greer. Uh, thank you, Pam Greer. Um, uh, but here to serve. That's what you do, buddy. And all right, um, let's go to Corey's number four then. From from Austin okay. Powers to whatever she's got for her fourth favorite spy film. Which I'm horrible at this job. Um, I chose a man from Uncle from 2015. Um, this was the one that Bill. Um, he actually picked this one too. That we went to see. Okay. Um, Sorry, yeah, okay. see, these are not we're, like we're Corey movies. We're secretly listening to Bill. <laughs> yes, <laughs> these are movies that I wouldn't have even seen if I wasn't married to him. Because put Bill on, put Bill on the mic. Sorry. Get a yeah, Twitter and connect them. Maybe we should gonna, have. We're team up. On no, him. I don't know what Bill would list his at. He was like, <laughs> I know we've seen more spy movies today, <laughs> and I was like, I'm struggling. <laughs> oh god um but yeah it's set in the 60s nazi sympathizers and nuclear weapons <laughs> there we go um i it mm, i liked alicia vikander in this a lot i think that we saw her in uh ex machina first yeah you should have yes because i saw both of those in theater and i've become a big fan of hers that Not- was in the theaters Ex Machina? In the arts house type theaters, yeah, which Corey gets in that in Idaho, uh, where she lives, they have one. We have 20, 23 screens. We get a lot of those. It, that's an A24, I think, right? Yeah, it was one of their early oh, yeah. A24 films. Oh, man, they're so good. They are They are uh, very successful. Yes. So that's, I'm sorry, guys. That's all I have to say about Man from Monk. Oh, you didn't care for Army Hammer or, um, or uh, um, Henry Cavill? 
Henry Cavill in this? I'm not very familiar. I don't know if I've really seen him in a lot of other. He hasn't things, done a lot. But... Um, he's done that. He did Immortals, mm-hmm. um, which was not good. Uh, he was fine, but the movie was not good. And then he's Superman and Man of Steel and uh, Batman vs Superman. And then he's going to be in Mission Impossible 6, actually, so another spy movie. But um, that's become big news because he has to have a mustache for Mission Impossible 6 for some reason. And, the and then reshoot, he had to shave it. <laughs> no. They wouldn't let him shave it for the reshoots of Superman. So they're digitally removing a mustache off of Superman for all of the reshoots he's in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gee, that's nuts. Okay. Yeah, and it's going to cost a lot of money to do that, too. So um, Now we're all going to be looking at his upper lip and checking it out. Yeah. Can like, you see it? That was not done well. Well, it was you know just bad timing because they didn't plan the reshoots, and then he was already filming something new, and he was under contract and had to have the mustache. So, um, and that's actually a really good segue for my number four, which is Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol from 2011. Uh, this is the fourth mm-hmm. Mission Impossible movie, which I think I was kind of torn between this and Rogue Nation. Um, I think I like Rogue Nation more, but this one seems to have the bigger like fan favorite. So I kind of went, I kind of cheated that direction. Um, I like both. Um, I think it might just be because I saw Rogue Nation last, so that's the one that's like the most embedded in my brain. Although uh, Ghost Protocol has one of the craziest scenes ever where they're in this giant glass building and Tom Cruise is uh, climbing the side of it, scaling with these like cool gloves that like suction cup onto it, but there's like a sandstorm coming. And it's insane because as Tom Cruise does, he does his own stunts, so he's just climbing up this building. Now, granted, he's got cables and stuff like that, but... Um, it's an insane. Could you imagine scene. having to underwrite that? The, the insurance on that. Oh my God, oh. Tom Cruise must be a nightmare. In fact, he just got hurt on the set for Mission Impossible Six, doing a stunt. Um, and I heard that might delay the shooting even. But um, Ghost Protocol has a uh, Metacritic score of seventy three, and seven point four IMDb user score. Um, this movie saved the franchise, from what I recall. Actually, I I think three is supposed to do that, but I haven't seen three. I saw one in the theater. I saw two in the theater. I had lost interest after two, so I didn't go see three. And then I didn't see four in the theater, which I was really disappointed because uh, with IMAX, I think if you saw it in IMAX, they either did Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises, like, like uh, introduction to it. Like, where you saw like, the first oh, cool. five. I think it was Dark Knight Rises um, that you got, like, a five-minute clip, I think, of him, of Bane robbing the plane, if I'm not mistaken. And I didn't go um, despite that. And uh, I finally caught... I caught Ghost Protocol like half of it at a friend's house and I was really like I was so into it that I went and bought it the next day so I could see the whole thing and I I really like Ghost Protocol quite a bit Um, and I I went it brought me back to the theater I went and saw Rogue Nation in IMAX um, because of Ghost Protocol so uh, it's why it's on my list instead of Rogue Nation although um, the thing I love about both of them and shows up in the third one is Simon Pegg He, he makes the movie for me uh, more than anything else, Jeremy Renner is in both of these as well, uh, four and five. And I, I'm a big Jeremy Renner fan for the most part, as far as his on-screen persona. I don't necessarily. I hear he's kind of a jerk off-screen, but um, oh, that's disappointing. It is. Yeah, it is. Hmm. But I, I don't know. Be nice to people. Yeah, and well, that's the thing. I think he's more of like he's not necessarily a jerk. But maybe some of his views on topics, um, like I know, I think one was uh, they asked him about uh, women's pay in film, and he said something like, it's not my problem or something like that. Like, been dismissive about some topics that people are generally passionate about in the film industry. So, 
that's what I remember hearing. Um, again, I don't know him, so I, all of that could just be people speculating or whatever. But um, other than that, I, I did. I like Ghost Protocol. Have either of you seen uh, Ghost Protocol? I guess, Corey, if you have, no. you can't talk about it. <laughs> Big shocker. I have not <laughs> no, watched no. any of the um, Mission Impossibles. Actually, I've watched bits and pieces and not enough. After the second one, I'm like, I don't know. Well, the second but one I know went, that there was a reason. Yeah, well, MTV, I think, did the second one. And it feels like it because I was Olympus Biscuit did the theme song, which I actually really like that song. But uh, nonetheless, like it had like Tom Cruise had long hair. There's a, the whole motorcycle like <laughs> jousting sequence in it where they're like coming at uh-huh. each other playing chicken. Like it's it's so over the top and big. Um, it doesn't feel like a spy yeah. movie at all. It feels like a Fast and Furious uh-huh. film. Um, yes. And uh, but three, four, and five go back more for the spy. But it is they are. A, all very very similar movies, and when it really boils down to it, because it's it's very formulaic. But um, you get cool stunts, and you get really good comedic performances from Simon Pegg. Uh, there's a scene in Rogue Nation that's great, um, and uh, Alec Baldwin shows up in Rogue Nation too, um, and oh. is really good in that one. And I don't know if I think he's supposed to be back in six, and Henry Cavill is I think replacing Jeremy Renner, not in terms of playing the same character, but the role that the character plays. I think he's out, and Cavill is in. I think that's what I heard. So. Um, but I'd say after, uh, in three, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is the villain in three. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I've been meaning to watch it. And it's also JJ Abrams, I think directed. Um, I know it's bad robot for sure. And bad robots taken over since three, they've done all of the, uh, the productions, which is JJ's uh, production company. Well, maybe I need to give him a go cause I like JJ Abrams' work style, so yeah. And I skipped three, and I so. and you can jump into Ghost Protocol, and it's it's pretty isolated where you don't have to know everything. I think if you have a basic premise of what, how Mission Impossible works, um, you can follow the the plot for the film just fine. Like there will be a couple of things that you won't know why this character is significant or whatever, but um, you know it's always a new villain, so you get an isolated story for the movie. So you could jump into Ghost Protocol even. Um, and again, I've heard three is good, but I just haven't watched that one. All right, let's move into Mike's number three. All right, so a while back, I had mentioned another a different Jack Ryan film on the podcast, oh. and it was very tempting to include said Jack Ryan film on this list as well. Um, it was a, you know, a different one from what I picked, but um, I went with this one. A totally different Jack Ryan, different actor playing the role that's um, Alec Baldwin, who you just mentioned, oddly enough, oh, good transition. Uh, uh, oh. began with um, Harrison Ford as Jack Ryan in 1994's Clear and Present Danger, faces all sorts of challenges, the declining health of his mentor, played by James Earl Jones, who had been in all of them to that point, including the Alec Baldwin one. Uh, the murder of one of the president's closest friends, who just happens to be involved in a gr- drug cartel. The unwitting involvement of a wet work op in Colombia, where you know U.S. soldiers should not be, uh, as well as you know, kind of keeping up the family and family man thing that he's got going on. It's it's a really involved film. It's got a lot going on for the time. Wait, um, is, is this clear and present danger that you're talking yes. about? Okay, I don't see Alec yes. Baldwin on the list because he's not. He replaced him. Oh, okay, Harrison I misunderstood. Replaced Alec I misunderstood. Baldwin. Sorry, I thought you were saying. It had out. Al- no, Alec Baldwin was in the other one. Uh, Harrison Ford taking over. He took over in Patriot Games, which I liked, but not nearly as much as I like this one. This is the third in the series. So Alec Baldwin only comes into play in that 
he, you know, he must have gotten facial reconstructive surgery and ended up looking like Harrison Ford, I guess. Um, he was replaced at some point, is what I'm saying. Um, for the time, it felt very realistic in as, in as far as the means and methods that they undertake to gather intel and running ops. And, and, and it's interesting. Well, I think I shared the story before where Tom Clancy had actually been called in to be briefed by the White House because the amount of detail he had put in oh. into his novels was so accurate. They're like, where are you getting this information from? Wow. Yeah. So that's why, to me, I think that translates into the films because there's that level of realism. And he, I mean, it, it, Tom Clancy novels are not, I mean, he writes as much or if not more than Stephen King. And um, there's a couple I've been in the middle of for a long while, but uh, one day <laughs> I'll finish those. Um, Willem Dafoe is an excellent mercenary uh, named John Clark. He's got ties to um, James Earl Jones, Admiral Greer. Now I'll, I'll get this name messed up, but it's it's Henry Zerny, I think C Z E R N Y. I think he was on an ABC show, and I cannot remember. My wife will kill me because she knows. Um, he's so easy. He's like he's really uh, his character's name is Robert Ritter. He's really very easy to despise. He's kind of like I would say a a nega Jack Ryan, kind of like nega Scott, oh. <laughs> and the way he gets things done. He's like goes the opposite way. I didn't even realize Clark Gregg has a small role in it. I was looking oh. at the uh, cast and crew list in IMDb. A very small role, I believe. It's very well done. Uh, the last one of the Jack Ryan films I've seen, I did not do Some of All Fears. I didn't do the Chris Pine one. Honestly, I didn't really hear a whole lot good the from Shatter either of those. Crew. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, supposed to be very good. Yeah, and, yeah. and so uh, I, know, I, I thought I saw a, a TV spot or a commercial for a jack ryan series so we'll see mm. whether i imagine that or not um <laughs> so uh, vital stats 6.9 user score ndb rating 74 meta score 82 percent fresh all right well um i can't remember if i saw this one or not i i feel like i did but i was a kid um like i might have saw it in the theater with my mom or something um but i can't remember for sure um i know i saw what's the second one you said this is the second one is Patriot Games. Sean Bean. I definitely saw uh, one of those. Irish terrorists. I just don't remember for sure which one. Um, but those, I kind of feel like I want to revisit. I actually own some of the some of all fears where Affleck is Jack Ryan. Uh, I haven't seen that yet, but I got it at like a yard sale for a dollar or something uh, about a year ago. Um, and honestly, I think I may have mentioned this because I know Hunt for Red October has been on your list before. I have not seen that. Um. I know. Blasphemous. So I, I need to kind of maybe go on a Jack Ryan exploration. Um, although I do, I feel uh, confident I saw the two Harrison Ford ones, as I am generally a Harrison Ford uh, fan. Not that I like all of the movies, but I, I was, I've always kind of supported him. So <laughs> that's just a good uh, policy. Corey, have you seen? I've... Clear and present danger. No, I, don't know I think why I that asking. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Um, I feel like my grandmother watched these, or maybe it was my dad, because I remember. I you know, know what? Because they have good taste. Well, you know, Mike, <laughs> I'm just here to disappoint you. Every Bill single episode. Included, Bill should have Every included single these episode. 
Guys, it's surprising that two movies that Bill took me to see is even on here because Bill doesn't really go to movies. I know. So that's, it that. is the This is the one time I found a genre apparently that Bill's into. Um, I don't even know if he's really into it. He's like, oh, I heard good things about this movie. So, like, oh, okay. I don't know, maybe it's uh, – I don't know because I know that um, for a long time, even though I am nerdy and I like a lot of nerdy things, I was very knowledgeable about sports when I was like trying to make sure I wouldn't get beat up by people. So maybe like being in the spy movies is that same kind of like counter nerd culture. Like, yes, I'm a nerd, but I know about these masculine movies uh, over here. So, Listen to this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you, did, did you catch that ludicrous display last night? This is what I feel like. I feel like you're in the IT crowd and you're using the, the soccer, <laughs> the, the football translator. Dude, I was watching, I've watched the first four episodes this week. Um, I'm kind of like rewatching the series. I've seen it before, but uh, just, man, I love that show so much. It's because um, so good. Corey, we need to go to your number three. What do you got? Well, big surprise. It's 2015's Kingsman, The Secret Service. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't really have a lot more to add. We really? talked about it, but um, I am excited to see this next one that comes out next week. Well, that has a 58 Metacritic, so that's interesting. Um, but a 77 oh. user rating, so the use the the fans, uh, the non critics really came to that film, um, and everyone else. And again, it's a, that same thing we talked about with Austin Powers. There's a lot of that brash comedy in it, and it's very violent, so um, well, could I, re- repel critics. Well, I like to look at numbers and stuff, and it's really interesting how much money Kingsman made above their budget, and then. Um, the man from Uncle was considered a flop. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, well, I don't think it did very well. Guy Ritchie's films mm-hmm. have not been doing well box office. No, um, not lately. And he's he's directing uh, uh, the I think no, what is he? Do? Oh, he's directing the the Aladdin live live action adaptation for Disney. What? Yeah. So uh... I'm, I don't know what a Guy Ritchie Aladdin movie with Will Smith as the genie is going to look like, but. Oh. Oh, no. That's They're going to be talking in co- Cockney slang. <laughs> Brad, I want Brad Pitt's uh, from Snatch to be there so bad. Um, all right. Uh, Mike, do you have anything to add about Kingsman Secret Service? I heard it's a cute movie. And <laughs> yeah. it's a very appropriate for your preteen daughters. <laughs> oh, no. The one time that... What what about it did she think was cute though? Is it was it Colin Firth? Is that what it was? Uh clearly she yeah. was going Colin Firth. He must he's cute. It must be a cute movie. Surely it would not be in a film where they slice someone from head to groin. She thought a, 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 a... not just someone, freaking Mark Hamill, right? Is it is, is that who that was? Mark Hamill is at the beginning of the movie tied up to the chair. I just can't remember if that's who she cuts in half. But I don't recall. I got It's not that I disliked it. It's just I will always, forever hold that against my wife <laughs> <laughs> because it's just classic. I mean, to it's be classic. fair, though, Colin Firth is in the King's Speech, and this is the King's Men. So she thought it was a sequel, right? Like it was oh, going to be. <laughs> connections were made. He was playing. He had. He was the sequel. He was working on a speech. Uh, additionally, uh, including other skills uh, yes. that she didn't realize. Yes, that involved you know killing. He's uh, got a very specialized skill set. My number three, uh, going into it, is Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. Um, yeah, baby, yeah. I I 
remember seeing this. I owned it on VHS, and then I owned, I believe, the second one on VHS. Um, and I don't think I got any of those on DVD, but I do own Goldmember on DVD. It was one of my first DVDs, um, in fact, that I got when I got my PlayStation 2, uh, which is my first DVD <laughs> player. Um, I remember seeing this. I didn't get to the theater, but I, I, I can't remember. Someone loaned it to us. Like, I don't even think they loaned it to me. I think they loaned it to my stepdad, and I watched it and, and was just dying. Because I was a Mike Myers fan um, from Saturday Night Live, Wayne's World, I've already talked about so many times, right? So, big fan of him. Um, this is after So I Murdered an Axe Murder, if I'm not mistaken. Um, can't remember for sure. It's close. Um, I'm pretty sure. Because this is 97. Yeah. and But I may not yeah. have seen So I Murdered an Axe Murder until after this. But those two movies became, like, regular rotation for me for a while. Mm-hmm. Um this was also my introduction to Elizabeth Hurley, who I hadn't seen, I don't think, prior to this. Um, I even like Basil Exposition. I love, I, I didn't know what the, the word York. exposition meant then, <laughs> but now it's, it, I find it even more funny because his whole existence is just to give this a story. To give the exposition. <laughs> yes, so great. Um, and then I'm, I've always been a big Seth Green fan, so him being uh, Dr. Evil's son, Scott, um, which I love that whole, the whole relationship zip, of theirs. Zip. What are you? What are you doing? Are you telling me to zip it, Mike? Um, but <laughs> give us a hug. I want sharks with freaking lasers on there. <laughs> There's so many jokes. Uh, I love the pun when he they, the guy loses his head and he just starts making a bunch of dumb puns. Like it's not the way to get to the head of class. And just I love uh, and I haven't seen it in years. Like I don't remember the last time I watched an Austin Powers movie. It's been a long time. But I saw the first three. I well, there's only three. I saw the first two enough that I memorize most of the lines and I even I watch Goldmember quite a bit where I can um while Goldmember is definitely the weakest of the three uh it there's some really great moments in the film um that just it just always cracks me up and uh they, they went really big on the cameos I think in the third one too though like Tom Cruise shows up at some point as because they're making an Austin Powers movie in the Austin Powers movie so mm-hmm. I think I think Tom Cruise is playing Austin Powers Kevin Spacey is Dr. Evil like they have these big cameos. Danny DeVito. Yeah, Danny DeVito's mini me. Spielberg. <laughs> That's right, Spielberg's right. Uh it's um and then was the second one, I think, where they had the the Britney Spears Fembots or whatever, and she's like <laughs> Um it's it's ridiculous, but there's just funny moments and this one I if I was gonna pick one, I, I felt like I had to pick the first one because it's what spawns the character. And I also think it's the truest to the spy genre. Um where it really is parodying like directly like James Bond, you know, there's a lot of clear references. So, uh, that's my number three. I completely support and back up your number three choice. There you go. It's my sort of back. And when I, when I list the ones that I've seen on my honorable mentions, by the way, it's going to like, probably be like, what, how, why are those other ones on your list? Because I've seen some of the bigger ones, but these are the ones that I really connected with. Um, in fact, I left one off my list that I'm going to, it will be my first honorable mention that I honestly wanted to put on my top five, but it's such a reviled film that oh, <laughs> I felt like I, I felt like I had to wait and just discuss like it. We know. An honorable mention. Oh, I don't know that you do. Um, Hudson, oh, Hawk is, Hudson Hawk That's is not a spy movie. It's a cat burglar <laughs> movie. Pers- <laughs> Although okay, there, there are CIA people in it. Um, all right, so <laughs> let's go to number two for Mike. What is Who is number two work for today, Mike? Oh. Uh, oh, we're bringing that back. I don't even well, have I'm, the I, It's a spy movie. We already <laughs> talked about it, so I felt necessary. Uh, Robert Radford and Faye Dunaway star in the film adaptation of the 1974 novel, Three Days of the Condor. I, I've not seen this, and I really want to watch this one. This is on my watch yes. list. Yes. 
Awesome, awesome. It should be. Um, he plays a CIA analyst who, by as luck would have it, because it's his turn to pick up lunch, he takes a different back way to get out to get lunch and misses. He survives an assassination uh, op. His whole CIA field office is murdered. At, at everyone, the security person, uh, secretaries, everyone is killed. And he comes back to find it. And to put it mildly, it's extremely paranoia filled. It's and and if this were made today, it would likely pack a whole lot more flash and bang. And this was a time, and this uh, it's it's definitely more of a cat and mouse game between the CIA agent and who who can he trust? It's that the X Files trust no one model very definitely fits in with this particular story. I don't want to give too much away. Uh, I'm almost positive my mother introduced this to me. I'm pretty sure she was a Redford fan. And probably when I first originally watched it, it was not for me because, again, it's not a flashy film. It's more dialogue-driven. It's very suspenseful, thriller-like. And But to me, it's a classic, in, you know, in my estimation, of the genre. It's got a 7.5 user score and DB rating, no meta score at 86 point – I'm sorry, 86% fresh rating on the tomatometer um I, that's one i've heard a lot about and i i know i actually need to see more of redford's films um he's an actor that i would say is on my gap list uh so that one's been on my watch list for a while it's one i'm going to try to get to sooner than later but um and i assume Corey, that either you've not seen this or you are uh, maybe it's my number two. That's what I was gonna say. Or you're gonna be talking about it momentarily. So either way, let's go to your number two. What's up? Okay, this is a movie that I watched today, guys. Ah, it's 2005's Munich. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I've not mm-hmm. seen directed this one by Steven Spielberg. Um, I'm still kind of trying to process it. I just finished it like an hour before we started recording. Um, but I, I like with um. I guess I don't want to say this yet, but um, I didn't, I obviously did not, well, not obviously, but I didn't know anything really about the, I think it was 72 Olympic Games mm-hmm. in Munich it's, and the people that were taken hostage. It's like the sort of Gideon kind of thing where they're, By they're looking, yeah, they're looking for the terrorists that took part in it. Uh-huh. And I just was wondering like the whole time, those two guys that helped them break in. Did they ever get in trouble for that? Do people know who that is? Uh, honestly, I have not watched Munich. I remember—I I only remember this because it, I was—I don't think I was alive, but because that was seventy-three, wasn't it? I think it. Yeah, it's 72, 73, 74. Yeah, um, I, I couldn't. I'd, I'd have to dig it up. I don't know for sure. Well, I want to—you didn't point out the cast, but Eric Bana is Eric I'm Bana, assuming yeah. the lead, and then Daniel Craig. Yes. Is Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I haven't seen Daniel Craig in a lot. Um, Layer but I like. Watch I Layer see. Kick. I need to. Um, but I really liked is. him in this, and kind of showing um, they're not necessarily like in the middle of a big war, but they're still like experiencing the repercussions and still going through some of the same things. Obviously, that you know what I mean. I feel like we aren't shown enough how ugly war is. I That's an like interesting point. Um, that sounds kind of dumb, but no, it's I just like this so big detached 
thing. That, I think sometimes we I glorify mean, war. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, <laughs> it's a root for the soldiers, which I root for the soldiers because they're putting their lives in the stake. I don't want anything to happen to them, but I also want them yeah. to come home. I don't want them to be yes. at war. It's it's fun. It's not funny, but it's odd that that comes up because um, Flags Over Our Fathers was on today, ah. mm-hmm. and I, I set it on for John to watch and he sat and watched because you know that very much it's it's like you that that glorification of the event which you know you know the soldiers having gone through it they're like we don't want to relive this you know mm-hmm. um it's interesting it's interesting that 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 comes up because we literally had uh, I, I kind of wanted my son to see that hmm. well munich um i i I want to see it because Spielberg directed, and I also like Daniel Craig. And I don't think I've seen Eric Bana in enough stuff. Um, I've seen him in things, and like obviously, I saw him in Hulk or The Hulk, Ang Lee's The Hulk, um, and not not great, not necessarily his fault though. Um, he's actually really good in Funny People. He's a, a Leslie Mann's husband, who's he's full Australian there, which he is Australian, but like he's allowed to actually have the accent and stuff. Um, oh, he might be New Zealand. I can't remember if he's from New Zealand or um, Australia, but he's from one of those, and he's got the full accent, and he's pretty funny in that. Um, and I haven't seen much else that I can think of with him in it, but this movie is two hours and 44 minutes, so of all the things yeah, you could have picked, it went over her that, her average, Mike. I thought that, <laughs> yeah. John, that Mike would be very impressed with that, actually. That That's, wow. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because there's much shorter spy movies out there for you to check out, but... Yep. Well, I added that one and another to my list, and well, Bill wanted to watch this one. So. Oh, and that's the one you watched today. Yes. How did you? Yeah. Are you? She probably. Are you from the future? She squeezed what that in. What do you in. mean? Because well, you. I'm two yeah, hours behind you guys, though. Yeah, but, but that's still. still. <laughs> like, how do you? I don't know. I started watching it like. I mean, 215 you're still time, two hours behind us now though like it's not like yeah, yeah, but i don't understand why you wouldn't believe that i would she's have enough fr- time because when we were past. talking about all this i still had like five hours before we were recording so, okay so you watched it after you told us you only had four yeah oh man wow okay um I did. look at that that's dedication. a little redeeming um, yeah. although my movie my number two is also a little long two hours and 24 minutes from 2006 and it's Daniel Craig's uh, entrance into the James Bond role in Casino Royale. Um, I I do like Skyfall a whole lot, but Casino Royale really um, has a lot of things that I'm going to talk about. One, um, I have shown the chase sequence, the foot chase at the beginning of the movie to my classes for like the last four years because it is so cool and so well done. And it does feature parkour, which parkour just looks awesome on film, um, but it's used in a cool way and you really get a... Uh, I like that you're kind of seeing him become 007 in Casino Royale. Um, But it's also really the first Bond movie that I got into. Um, I am not a fan of Bond, and that's what I was going to say with my list. My big gap in the spy genre is I don't think I've seen any of the um, pre-Pierce Bronson Bond movies. And I think I've only seen Goldeneye of Bronson's. But I've seen all four of Daniel Craig's uh, James Bond films. Um and I've seen bits and pieces of the other Bond films because my grandfather loved them. And there was just something about them as a kid that never it never pulled me in. Um, I like the idea of Bond, but just like watching them always felt really slow. And I think it was because I was used to like more of the 80s action films that were, you know, lots of explosions and one liners. And it just never it never clicked for me. Um, you know, I was used to my my action stars being, you know, in tank tops and bloody like 
Bruce Willis in Die Hard versus like a tuxedo and looking prim and proper despite, you know, having just killed a bunch of people. So whatever it was, I never got into the old Bonds. Um, I've not since as an adult, I've not tried to get into them. Um, but Daniel Craig, I was even really late. Like I didn't see Casino Royale till right before Skyfall came out. Um, and I watched both Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Unfortunately, Quantum of Solace, not as good as Casino Royale. But it is the movie that I think won me into the Bond franchise, so much so that I was very excited for Spectre, only to be severely let down by Spectre. But um, I really, really enjoyed Daniel Craig. Um, this was, I think, also the first movie I saw with him. And um, it's made me want to watch more of his movies. And I, while I haven't explored much of his uh, film background, I did just recently watch Layer Cake. Um, and I want to watch some of the other stuff he's in because I really, really enjoy him as an actor. He's in Logan Lucky that just came out, and he's great in that very different type of character than that movie. But um, Casino Royale, I think, has a lot of the really cool stuff. It starts to introduce him as Bond. Um, I don't remember what gadgets he gets in this one, which is something I want to talk about at the end of my list, um, the idea of gadgets in spy movies and why that appeals to me more than some of the other stuff. But that's my number two, Casino Royale. I wanted to not like this because I just, just, I, I'd heard of Layer Cake and uh, I'd been told a while back that Layer Cake was really good. I'd never got around to it. And maybe if I had, I would have been okay, you know, initially with uh, Daniel Craig choice. But I really didn't want to like it. And I grew up on, I grew up on the classic Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, eventually, because that's, I wouldn't yeah. say it's classic, it's more contemporary-ish. Yeah. My um, generation, that was our Bond um, yeah, when we were um, kids. Not so much Timothy Dalton, uh, maybe because one of the enemies whose last name is the same as mine. Uh, that uh, He surprised me, and I completely got into it, and thought, yeah, and it was... Because you don't really get to see the origin of him and how he began, and that you get to in Casino Royale, which I think yeah. was, that's how it was done by Ian Fleming, I thought. And because uh, I've never read any of them, and one of these days I'd like to mm. probably pick them up. Lots of stuff to read. I need to read more. Uh, and so, yeah, he won me over for sure. You also have Eva Green and Judy Dench uh, still playing M. Yes, fantastic. Um, and then Mads Mikkelsen um, as, I think, the villain, if I remember correctly. the villain. And um, I love the Felix, uh, Felix Leiter. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright is the was, actor. Yes, he's fantastic. And uh, being on Westworld now as well. Hmm. And that character had been around for a whole lot longer than I realized. I'm like, that's, they put Felix, you know, when I'm like, oh, God, they got Felix as well, which I shouldn't have been surprised but I, you know. Interesting I, thing I, I, about the this Bond, by the way, um, you get Q in Skyfall, um, and it's played by, I'm going to forget, Ben, oh, what's his name? It's Ben something, um, but he is in Layer Cake uh, with Daniel Craig, mm. so I thought that was a cool connection. Oh, that's funny. Um, but, and Corey, you've not seen this one, because you've only seen Spectre, we already learned earlier in this episode, so. Yep. Um, which... Looking back at Skyfall 2, Javier Bardem is the villain, so I kind of wish I went with that one, but Casino Royale is the one that brought me into the Bond world. Ben uh, Wishaw is the uh, the actor whose name I could not think of. Um, he's also in Lobster and uh, Free Fire, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, Okay, that's my number two, so we're, we're at that point, guys. Let's get to our number ones. Mike, what do you got? All right, take a listen to this cast. 
uh, Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, Dan Aykroyd, River Phoenix, David Strader, and Mary McDonald. This film caught me by surprise, as I'll completely admit, I totally did not want to have anything to do with it. 1992's Sneakers. Ah. Okay, and I I might be stretching as far as and as far as the spy. I feel like it kind of matches because uh, it. All right, so it starts off in 1969, flashes forward to what is at that point in present day, the 90s, and it's basically a team comprised of people with a variety of skill sets on, on their own and together kind of like a super group uh, that seems to be after, you know, just a simple MacGuffin. Uh, and then kind of finding out how deep the rabbit hole goes um, without having to take any red or blue pills. And <laughs> it not having to be a, and this is going back to what I'd said, kind of a Michael Bay affair kind of thing where there's that, the big explosions. And yeah, there's some action, but not like that. It's not flashy. It's more understated, I feel. And there's something, I mean, there is something about a well-executed action scene. I'll, I'll be clear. That's not, you know, I'm not totally against it, but it, I don't feel it's the be all end all. And we've seen so much of a trend of that where it overshadows, you know, an actual story and you have action going on, just strictly mm -hmm. action. There's a place for it. Um, I mean, I'm not completely against it. It's just a tricky, it, it, you're, you're walking a tricky line there to try to have a balance. Uh, sneakers for me accomplishes a whole lot with the spoken word, the ensemble cast. It's not uh, what I would call a fast and furious crew, but they're just uh, as, or e even more so effective together i feel this is a must watch for the genre uh 7.1 user score imdb's rating no metascore 81 percent fresh on the tomatometer i think i saw this in theaters as a kid and i don't remember for sure i definitely have not seen it since but i feel like i remember the name so well because i saw it but then again it's very possible that i just remember the name because it is familiar it's a word we use all the time right sneakers but yeah um, I just can't remember for sure if I saw it or not. I I, I want to say I did, but there's a definite chance I did not. So, um, I, that's looking like I haven't seen any of your movies now, except well, that's not true. I saw Awesome Powers, and I might have saw Clear and Present Danger. So I might be two, but I definitely won. Um, Corey, you're one, right? Because you saw Awesome Powers. Yeah, I think so. So she's made your list, Mike. She made it. She made her goal. She saw the one. No, it was three. Oh, oh you went three? Three. I'm sorry. Yeah. In my head, there was no way you would pick three. <laughs> I know. Well, I was looking at lists of spy movies and thought I had a couple pegged for you guys, but obviously I was wrong. Ah. Um, I need to watch this because River Phoenix. I really yes. like him, and I haven't seen all of his films. <sighs> it's it. If you've not watched this... It's sad. It, it makes you very, very sad because it's one of the later ones and one of the last ones. And uh, But they're so good. Everyone is so good in this. I need to watch this uh, now. Um, maybe a future movie club, Corey, a couple weeks from now. Um, I think we should. Because it sounds very compelling and it has a great cast. And again, I just said I want to watch more Robert Redford's movies. So. All right. Um, well, that's Mike's number one. Corey, what do you got? No big surprise here. Obviously, all my movies come from 2015. Um, <laughs> and I've talked about this one before, but I've seen like five. So, And I really do enjoy this movie. I chose um, another Steven Spielberg film, Bridge of Spies. 
Ah, very good movie. Co- yes. uh, well, not written by the Coens, but the Coens did get hired to uh, do a rewrite, I believe. So. Oh, I think you've said that before, but I, I have because I'm I'm obsessed with the Coens. Even though their movies tend to get knocked off my list, um, I I love their movies so much, but somehow I always end up pulling for other films. But, um, yeah. So sorry. Go ahead. No, I don't have a whole lot to say. I've talked about it before. I just love um, so much that we do see both um, sides of this film, and um, Rudolph Abel is not demonized. Yeah. Well, in the film, not in the film. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. I, that's I don't know. I like that when we're like shown the opposing side, and it's not just mm-hmm. like a smear campaign. Um, but yeah, that's the, all I have to say. I found this interesting because I saw this on list too. So like, this isn't just Corey saying it's a spy movie because it has the word in it. It's listed as a spy movie, but it's not really about mm-hmm. the act of spying of... itself. It's more of like the legal debate of what constitutes. You know what rights do these people have when they are spies? Um, and it's still a compelling film, and there, you do get a little of like the behind-the-scenes espionage elements of it. But you're not like following the spy as he does the spy stuff, like you do in a Bond movie or in a Mission Impossible film. Um, no. So it's different. And I didn't even think about that um, in like relation. But in Munich, we're shown a lot that when these people become spies, they don't have connection, like with. The government or yeah, you know what i mean and i didn't to themselves yeah yeah so, it's mm. it's interesting and it's definitely more of a it's obviously based on a true story if i'm not mistaken too it is um mm-hmm. so that's and you get some great performances from tom hanks mark rylance gets the oscar nomination i think <sighs> it wins for best supporting actor that year um and uh he's fantastic and that really introduced me to him i didn't know him as an actor before bridge of spies me neither um and so great. i still haven't seen a lot he's in dunkirk this year though and it's great in dunkirk although he there's not a the performances in dunkirk are not meant to stand out against everything else because it's more about the atmosphere but he i still thought he was really good in the movie even though it doesn't have a whole lot to do but i still thought he was strong um and I missed the BFG last year because I got robbed when I was sitting to watch it. So uh, um, I, I don't think I'll ever watch it now either because I just have that's like my memory of it is being told that my house is broken into. Um, so I didn't want to see it that bad anyways. But um, all right. Uh, yeah, I like Bridge of Spies. Mike, did you ever get to see this one? No, this is where my gaps in watching because that one I haven't seen. Any of the newer ones, I'm a little – actually, I'm looking at my list and nothing past – 97. Austin Powers is the oldest. List, so. Newest. Newest. Sorry. Yes, that's what I meant. It's the oldest on my list. Uh, <laughs> all of mine are Yikes. in the 2000s as well. But my number one, and it might seem pandering, but I went with Kingsman, The Secret Service, for my number one um, <laughs> spy movie. And it's not. I I really love Taron Egerton. Um, Egerton, I think is how you say his name, um, who is the lead. Uh, he is Eggy, which I also found kind of interesting that his middle his nickname is similar to his last name, but this movie mm-hmm. introduced me to that actor. I've seen, uh, he was in Eddie the Eagle, um, and I think that's it. Uh-huh. I think those are the only two things I've seen of, with him, but I loved him in both. I'm very excited about the sequel. Um, I love Sam Jackson in this movie, although his lisp gets annoying. It's done <laughs> so on purpose. Um, Colin Firth is fantastic. I'm a big Mark Strong fan, so anytime he gets to shine in a movie, I always am excited. Um, and then this also introduced me to Sophia Butella, who is... Uh, gazelle she's the one who slices a man from head to groin um but she's also in uh star trek beyond which i loved her in and while i didn't love the mummy she was the mummy in the mummy 
and I thought she was good. Um, yeah, she was. Despite it not being a great movie. And then uh, she's also <laughs> in um, Atomic Blonde, which is another spy movie that I was mentioning earlier, Corey, which that's one of the female spy films that um, <laughs> has been recently released. And I almost put that one on my list. It's it's just off of my top five because I really like a lot about that movie. And it's definitely a spy. Like, you are all up in the spy world in that movie. Um, honestly, I'm kind of like, man, I really wish I had put that on my list. But, oh, well. <laughs> like, I, I guess it was. I felt like maybe too new to be on a top five list. So I left it off, for the, I think, more for that reason, uh, which is probably unfair because I think it's – Thinking back on it, I like it more than at least two of the movies on my list. So, um, but Kingsman has what I want from a spy movie. It has cool gadgets. It it has like it pays homage to Bond because they're in the tuxedos and stuff, you know. So it has that kind of uh, vibe to it, and um, it has a lot of great action though, which is something that I think is missing from some of the old spy movies. Uh, where they didn't have the technology or budget to do the type of action that you get in Kingsman. Plus, you have Matthew Vaughn's sensibilities, which Matthew Vaughn, I've uh, mentioned Layer Cake. That's one of his early films. Um, he did Kick-Ass, which I love, and he did uh, X-Men First Class. I've already talked about this on the podcast because um, I've, you know, but I like all of those movies I just listed. And so I feel like Matthew Vaughn kind of makes movies that I like. Um, now, they're not intelligent, super smart movies, but they're well-made action you know, films and the new one looks similar and he's Matthew Vaughn is back to direct the golden circle. So I am very excited about the new one. And while I wouldn't say this is what every spy film fan should like enter in as their number one, it worked for me and it, it gave me what I want from a spy film. I think more than most. Um, and so that's why it's my number one. I'm go with it. I can see that. I mean, I'll have to watch it again. Now I really want to pay attention whether that's Mark Hamill or not. Uh, he's definitely, I know for a fact, like, he's in the IMDb. Like, I know he's in it. I was really excited when I saw him in it. Um, I just can't remember if that's who she kills. I'm, I feel like it is, though, because uh, it's the guy, I feel like they kill the guy they had as prisoner, but I can't remember if that's correct or not. But um, I was really shocked when it happened, though. Um, Here, I'll just give you, I'll just give you, uh, it's correct, just a preemptive one. All right, so there's a lot of big name spy movies not on any of our list, and I've seen a lot of them, and I'll mention them in my honorable mentions, but let's go to Mike's. What are some of your honorable mentions? Before I go with that, I'm just curious which one Corey for sure pegged me as having on my list. Yeah, what did you um, think? I thought that, well, I thought that both of you would um, maybe have some of the Alfred Hitchcock I've only um, seen uh, North by Northwest North for his spy movies. Okay, which is on my okay. honorable mention Me list. North by Northwest is on. I left Ronin. it off. Uh, oh, sorry, Mike. I don't mean to cut you off. I left North by Northwest off because I've, I've, I just feel like, yeah, it's there. Like Hitchcock, it's going to be there. I didn't know Notorious was a spy movie though, and I really want to see that one. So that's like bumped up on my list. And, um, but North by Northwest was going to be my number one, and I felt like it was too predictable, so I, I didn't <sighs> include it. But uh, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. You said Ronan. I, I agree. I agree. I just I figured it's gotten exposure. Ronan as well, which I've mentioned before. Yep. So which I watched recently it. because of you. So, oh sweet, uh, True Lies. I thought was mm-hmm. that's one of the fit. good Jamie Lee Curtis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, and Tom Arnold. Oddly enough, um, and the late and the late. Um, oh my gosh! I just Bill Paxton. Ah uh, yes, yes. Oh. I haven't seen such that a, one since I was a kid. A Me too. I saw it as a kid. Great role for him. I, 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 oh wow! Wow! You guys, you guys are so young. My um, dad, my dad liked Arnold. I liked Arnold. I mean, that was a really good one. I, I, it was tough not to include it. 
I think Eraser uh, was like the last Arnold movie that I liked. <laughs> I, I, I like True Lies better. Before uh, Maggie. <laughs> yeah. No, agreed. That's... Oh, Maggie. I need to. I need to watch. I've heard good things about. Yeah, Maggie. I like I Maggie a lot too. Uh, Hunt for Red October obviously was on my list. I didn't. I just wanted to give another, uh, another one of the, you know, another Jack Ryan one a chance, which I'd really like to. And the Manchurian Candidate now, not the remake, but the original Manchurian Candidate. So not Denzel's. No, no, no the classic Frankenheimer, I believe. All right, um, Corey has no honorable mentions. I had one, but I'm pretty sure that it's not a spy film. But I saw it on a list. Sicario. Yeah, because I wouldn't call it spy. She's yeah. not undercover yeah. or anything at all. No, it's a, it's a cop movie. Um, maybe yeah. like DEA. Yeah, well, but that's DEA is a branch of the. I, I know it's a very specific type of cop, but as far as the way the movie is plays out, you know, she's looking for the bad guys. Um, there is a little bit of like the who do you trust element in that movie, um, mm-hmm. but not enough mm-hmm. to call it like a spy film. You know, it's just a yeah maybe a mystery at best, but it's and that would be really pushing. Um, but you have seen Awesome Power, so you could put that on your honorable mention since it wasn't on your top five. That's right. All right. Um, so I want to start with this movie. And this is the movie that I said is kind of reviled, at least I, from what I recall. And I'm sure it's bad. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but this is a movie that was on HBO. And I mentioned um, what I like from a spy movie. It's like I like gadgets, right? And I wanted um, I wanted to connect Did to you? the characters. And I didn't feel ever that connection with the Bond movies. So... Um, this movie is called If Looks Could Kill and stars Richard Grieco, um, Linda Hunt. Hold on, I'm seeing who else is in this movie. Roger Reese. Reese, sorry, Roger Reese. Robin Bartlett. I, these are all, if you're, these names don't sound familiar, neither do they to me. But I'm not even seeing like a big name villain. Um, Roger Daltrey. I don't know. He seems like he might be famous. Um, so it's directed by uh, William Deere, who I don't know if he's done anything else. But it it's basically, oh, he was the Harry and the Hendersons director. So obviously we're talking quality spy movie stuff here. Um, yes. I want to point out, I didn't see If Looks Could Kill on any spy list. And I looked at a lot of spy lists. Like it wasn't, not, not even like top list, just like Wikipedia's list of spy movies. If Looks Could Kill is not on it. But there is no question it's a spy movie because the premise of the film is he is a high school student. Uh, Richard Grieco plays a high school student named Michael Corbin. And that happens to be the name of the big spy. So instead of James Bond in this universe, the spy is Michael Corbin. And he goes to French on a field trip from high school, like an overseas summer, you know, abroad type trip, and gets confused as the spy, Michael Corbin. Um, Because he's a spy, no one knows what he looks like, and so they just know him by name. And he ends up getting all these cool gadgets, like he gets an awesome car, he gets these, like, shoes that when you push a button, they become, like, suction cups so you can, like, walk up a wall... It's super campy, and I, rem- I remember as a kid thinking it was campy, like Hudson Hawk level, like cheesy comedy. But for some reason, <laughs> as a kid, because this is 1991 too, so I, this was on HBO, so I watched it over and over again. Anytime it was on, I would have it on because it was it had the gadgets like James Bond, but it was a coming of age type. It's probably not fair to call it a coming of age, but it was a, it was a high school kid, you know. So it was like, what if this happened to me? Type of thing, you know, in my head. Um, I haven't seen it since then. Like, I, I, 93, 94 would have been, like, the last time I would have ever have seen this movie. But I've never forgotten it. Like, I've always remembered this as, like, the first spy movie that I was interested in. And, again, I was very disappointed that nobody had it on any list as if the movie doesn't exist. Um, so I didn't include it in my top five, but only because I felt like I would get a lot of backlash. Have either of you ever heard of that movie? 
Nope. Okay. And yeah. again, I haven't seen but it. To be honest, it's Richard Grieco, so... Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it does not help my case. Um, but that I had that um, Burn After Reading, which is a Coen Brothers film that didn't make my top five, but is technically a spy movie. Um, I've seen all the Bourne films, the Bourne Identity, Bourne Supremacy, Bourne Ultimatum, and the Bourne Legacy. Is that the one with uh, Jeremy Supremacy? Supremacy was the second one. Um, oh, okay. And then I haven't seen the new Jason Bourne. I haven't seen that one, the most recent one. Um, and I like them, but I don't remember any of them. Like, I saw all of them only once, I think, and I, I don't remember details. I remember there's some cool action sequences, but at the same time, they're not. It's super shaky, quick editing. Um, after seeing John Wick, the fights in that look really bad compared to that. So it kind of fell off of my list. Some people really love them. I I don't remember them enough to say I love them. Um, I do like Matt Damon a whole lot. Um, I have uh, I had True Lies on mine. Um, Argo, which is a, a similar type of spy movie to like Munich or whatever, where it's more behind the scenes. Um, and they're rescuing their spies, I think, more so in Argo. But um, And then North by Northwest, which we already mentioned. But I also, uh, Atomic Blonde. Um, and I've seen Salt. Uh, Salt is an Angelina Jolie film, but I didn't, I don't think I made it all the way through. I think I gave up halfway. So, uh, that's our top five spy movie list. Um, where three, two of us are going to see uh golden circle in theaters and Michael probably wait for home video, but, <laughs> um, we'd love to hear your list. You can email us your top five spy movies at contact at burkreviews.com. That's contact at burkreviews.com you can read our reviews of films on burkreviews.com every week uh, my review for american assassin and kingsman in the golden circle will be up on burke reviews by the time you hear this um or at least we'll be close because kingsman i won't see till thursday night i hope um but otherwise uh do you guys have anything to say Mm, Corey needs to watch more spy movies. Corey needs to broaden her horizons all around. And oh. By the time she knows heard this podcast, the news will be a week old. But uh, Harry Dean Stanton did pass away. Um, he's well respected actor. He's in a lot of movies that we love, including my favorite of his is Pretty in Pink. Um, yes. But I just wanted to mention that Repo before we Man on. and uh, Red Dawn. I, he's been in so much so many and he's 92 years old he lived a epic life um, full, for sure full life and doug loves movies uh features last man stanton which is built around uh in fact he re he just re-released -re the episode where harry dean stanton was on doug loves movies oh, and cool. played uh oh. last man stanton um it is available to download right now i haven't listened to it yet but uh, it's one i it was before i was listening to the podcast when it happened so i am kind of excited to hear this old episode with harry dean stanton on it um, I hear he was not very good at playing because I think they play Harry Dean Stanton on Last Man Stanton, which is where you name as many Harry Dean Stanton movies as you can. And I don't think he does very well, but he like what? <laughs> he has like a million. That's the problem, though. I think it's like he's done so many that he doesn't remember what he's done. <laughs> no gosh. So I, I, if I recall correctly, I, Doug's talked about the episode on other episodes before um, when he explains why the the game is called Last Man Stanton, um, but. Yeah, so just wanted to to say, you know, good farewell to you, sir. Uh, may you rest in peace. And after that, I think, guys, we'll be back next week. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Burke Reviews. Corey? At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And Mike? At Server Monkey. And until next time, folks, have a good one. Bye.
See ya. Peace, everybody. Peace.